At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast. Here's your host, Danny Burke. Welcome to it, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for another edition of VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast. Alongside me to touch on every single game for the upcoming NFL slate, it's Mike Palm. And you can follow him on Twitter at Mike Palm Circa. As for myself, at Danny Burke 5 Mike, I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving with you and yours, and uh, I know you did pretty well with your bets on our show last week. I was unfortunately on the end of uh, another couple bad beats. We'll get into that later, but uh, folks, by the way, if you are new to the show, Mike and I will talk about Survivor Contest. We've been updating that weekly. We'll go through, like I said, every single game, our leans, our best bets, kind of wrap it up toward the end. But uh, Mike, as you look into this week, well, first, I, I guess how much carnage was there actually with Survivor, did it kind of live up to the hype of being a wonky week, or did it pan out okay for everybody? It was, it was there was no carnage at all, Danny. We we went into Thanksgiving with seventy four, and we came out of Monday with seventy one. So, three yeah. uh, three entries chose the Patriots against the Vikings on Thanksgiving night, and they weren't double options; they were just picks on the Patriots. It wasn't other side; they had two, and they took Vikings sure. Patriots. So, uh, they lost there, and then. No upsets, really, uh, on uh, a Sunday. You know, a couple, three, four-point road favorites. Obviously, we know about Baltimore uh, lost there. But uh, none of the big favorites, so nobody used that um, uh, on Sunday. So all 71 came through Sunday. All right, so then looking into this week, what do you expect to be the most popular play? Again, it gets tricky now because we got to see what teams are available. But you got Dallas as a 10.5-point favorite hosting the Colts. The Browns laying seven in the Deshaun Watson uh, old against his old team game in Houston. They're laying about seven points or so. Uh, Baltimore is laying nine, eight and a half against Denver. I assume most people have used the Ravens. But yeah, those are some of the biggest line discrepancies. And I guess the Seahawks laying seven against the Rams. But what do you envision makes the top of the list? Well, you're, you're right. Who, who has the Cowboys left? Who has the Ravens left? I mean, those, I think if you have them, you're using them here. Um, I think the debate this week is interesting between the Browns and the Seahawks. And, you know, I asked Michael Lombardi on the Lombardi line just about an hour ago if he was faced with that choice. And he said it's clear he would use the Seahawks here um, as he believes this is an all in game for the Texans playing against Deshaun, a guy that left your organization with a bad taste in the mouth. Um and listen, Deshaun hasn't played in two years, right? Um, throw that into the mix. He hasn't played competitive football in two years. I don't like to use division games, Danny. 
So that's why it makes it more of a debate for me. But the Rams are the walking wounded, right? And, um, you know, you, you, I thought they fought as best they could, but really not competitive in Kansas City in that game. Uh, and the Seahawks kind of let one slip away against the Raiders. I thought they had taken control of that game in the second half. And then several opportunities there they had and couldn't put it away. And then, again, the Raiders went on the road in overtime. So yeah. now, now the Seahawks fighting for their playoff lives as well. Yeah, no kidding. So it is a huge game for Seattle. And, man, I, I think I'd be with you here. That Deshaun Watson and Houston Texans game just has danger written all over it because we saw this example happen when it was week one with Russell Wilson with the Broncos going on the road against the Seahawks. And we thought, all right, you know, maybe they may not cover, but they'll find a way to win. Now Seattle got the outright dub. And I'm not saying that's going to happen here because the Browns should be fundamentally a better team than Lovey Smith's crew. But hey, it still could be a close battle. You never know in those type of situations. But I do like the angle with Seattle uh, going on the road against a banged up Rams team. I could foresee that being the most popular pick. But, Mike, we might as well dive into it. And I, I guess we can start down there in Houston with the Texans hosting the Browns as we're already speaking on it. But originally, this line opened up with Cleveland as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Now the consensus number is seven across the board. Total, we're seeing 47s also across the board. I, I honestly, like, I get why Deshaun Watson's playing, but I feel like the Browns still have had a solid rhythm with Jacoby Brissett. And I feel like he's done well enough. It's just been these close games where they've shot themselves in the foot. But last week, seeing what Jacoby Brissett was able to do should give you an indication that you can't trust this guy more so than, like, as you alluded to, a player who who even knows if he has the locker room, going to be causing a lot of distractions, and hasn't seen full playing time in a couple of years. So I would lean toward taking the points with the Texans, but I don't know if I'm going to get there, Mike. They're so bad in the first half, Danny. They get yeah. just killed in the first half of these games. That's why, you know, to, to if you want to make the argument for the Browns for a survivor, if they get to a lead, you know what I mean? Then you can sort of hedge them at halftime against your own play. If you, you know, these Texans down 17 at the half, 30 at the half and all this, you can get 15, 20 to one on a team, you know, if you want to take a little shot against your own bet. But who knows with Deshaun? Look, you know, we were in the bets giving contest, and if Jeff Saturday manages the clock, we might have won it. I cert certainly, you would have got, an, I think, uh, made a first down and got a fresh set of downs with a minute to go mm -hmm. inside the 20. And, and then I think we would have been, you know, at least 50 50 to get to overtime at that point. Um, but when we were talking about our Sunday plays, I suggested if we wouldn't wanted a money line dog Cleveland against Tampa Bay yeah. in that spot. And, uh, you know, you needed Todd Bowles being ultra-conservative at the end of the game, not using the timeouts there. They might have had a shot, Tampa, to kick the field goal. I would I would lay four and a half with Brissett in this spot. I'm not inclined to lay seven with Deshaun. I think there's too much unknown. He hasn't worked with this offense. He hasn't, he hasn't physically been out there playing in a game, game speed uh, in two years. Uh, and even though the Texans are horrific, I can't get to that spot where I want to lay a touchdown with this team, nor nor do I want any part of taking the Texans either, though. They're just abysmal. Look what they, they – I think they have something like only three first downs in the first half of their last two games. I mean, it's ridiculous the, the how, how stagnant the offense is starting these games. So this is a, just a total pass for me. Maybe if you think Deshaun is really out of sorts and it's going to take him a while to get into the game, you look at maybe a first half under 23. Yeah, I, that's kind of what I'm thinking, too. Like, if you're undecided with the spread, because there is a huge difference between the rosters, sure, but you're unknown about the Sean Watson, maybe look at some kind of under, because, I, I don't know, 47 seems pretty steep with a guy, again, who hasn't had that much rep, uh, those many reps, with this offense. Yeah, Houston's defense is horrid, but at the same time, Houston's offense is arguably just as bad, Mike, because now you got Kyle Allen in his second start. It could be his 20th start. He's probably not going to be producing a lot of points. So the concern isn't on the Cleveland side of the defense. It's on their side of the offense. So I, I don't know. Maybe the under would be the right play. It, do you think the thought process here is that it just could be a sloppy back-and-forth game, or are people just putting too much stock in Watson to have a seamless transition? I don't know. I think the Browns can run the football, but if they if they're gonna, you know, say we're only gonna pass the ball 15 times with Deshaun, that's they're gonna run the clock a lot unless they break off right. some big runs. I mean, you saw that game was a dead under against Tampa Bay uh, uh, between those two teams just this last week. So I, I don't know. The total just seems tied to me. It just it you know the Texans 
played they've just played two unders, right? They played what was it 20, 20 to three against the Redskins and then uh, the com- Commanders and then that Miami game would have stayed under this number. What thirty? You no, know, Miami didn't score in the second half. 30, 30 to fifteen or whatever it ended up being there. So twice in a row under this number. So. Yeah, I mean, the, I think the under is the only. Maybe I don't know if you can find twenty three and a half in the first half, but if that if that's the case, I think it's worth a look. Let me check really quick on Veasan's <laughs> odds page for the first half. I see, yeah, twenty three is across the board. Yeah. So you'd only do it if you had the hook. I'd I'd like the hook there. That's yeah. that's an extra. You know, that's two touchdowns and three field goals. That's a common number. It's not an uncommon number, twenty three. So I'd like the hook there. I'm getting tempted to do the full game under 47. I'm not going to say I'm doing it now. I'll see if there's a little late movement, but I kind of like that angle now that we're talking it out. All right, Mike, let's go to Minnesota. The Vikings taking on the Jets. How about Mike White torching up the Bears defense? Look, uh, yeah, he is an upgrade from Zach Wilson, it appears. But at the same time, Mike, I I feel like we shouldn't freak out too much. The Bears defense is in complete shambles. They were missing Gordon. They were missing Brisker. Eddie Jackson left the game with an injury. Darnell, like the Bears were lucky to get out of that game alive. The point is there's nothing that you can write home about based on performances against the Bears defense, especially when they were missing some of their top secondary. Although at least Mike White is throwing the ball competently downfield and targeting Garrett Wilson. The Vikings defense isn't that much better. And that's saying something. Minnesota's defense has been an issue. But I just don't know if I'm ready to fall into the love of Mike White immediately. Like Minnesota in this spot where they're laying three, if this was on the road, I wouldn't want anything to do with it. But when they play at home, even though it's kind of grotesque sometimes, they find a way to still get the dub. Now, this would seem like it would be one of those money line plays that would jump in. But honestly, Mike, because of what the metrics have seen and kind of all the analytics point toward the Jets being the right spot here, I am going to stay away and see if I can get a better number on Minnesota at some point in this game because I think it will happen because of how good the Jets defense is. Uh, Total, by the way, moved up from 41.5 to 44.5. But again, I will wait, look to attack Minnesota. I'm kind of hoping you like the Vikings here, but I don't know if you're going to fully invest. No, I don't like them at all here. I think think the Jets can win this game. I Mm. really do. Because I think Cousins will struggle against the Jets' defense. I just, you know, I I have a strange feeling that this is going to be a game where it's tied at the end and it's going to come down to a field goal. Um, yeah. Mike White is not spectacular. But Robert Salah, after the game, said something I thought very profound. He makes the easy look easy, which Zach Wilson can't do. He can't even make the easy throws look easy. So right. he just does – he's like – you know, Mike White was good in college. I, the Minnesota defense gave up a lot of yards to the Patriots. Obviously, we saw what Dallas did to them. I didn't. I thought, you know, I was on the under in that Patriots-Vikings game, and that became a track meet. Um, so I think the, the Jets have a fighting chance here. The three tells you a lot. The Jets yeah. on the road with Mike White, and this game is only three, and it's not gotten above three. I think that tells you a lot that the the the, the Jets are can be competitive in this spot. I don't. I think there's a handful of games that are really interesting games this weekend, Danny, about just who wins the game. And I think this is one of them. That's a very, very interesting game. I don't have a play here. I lean, I lean, if I, you know, if I would have been, I don't get into these numbers on Monday and, and Sunday night, but 41 and a half is low playing indoors with no weather affecting it at all. Um, I think the right number is probably 44, 44 and a half. I've even seen 45 at, 45 and a half at circa at one point. Um, so at, at the current number, I don't have a play on the total either. All right, Mike, let's move to Baltimore. The Ravens hosting the Broncos. I uh, I am so salty about that game last week. I know you are too. They killed us in the contest. And uh, again, we still needed a little bit to climb back. But how do you lose that game if you're Baltimore? I thought this team had finally turned it around from their second half blunders. And it's not like they're necessarily the right side the entire game, but the fact that they came back and had fourth and eight originally with Trevor Lawrence, you let him complete a first down. Then you had the third and 21, you let him complete the first down. And they get the touchdown. You know they're going for two, and at that point, you damn well know they're going to get the two-point conversion based on the tempo of the game. 
I mean, so, so frustrating. Now, there's so much blame to go around because Lamar Jackson missed some red zone opportunities in the first half in the beginning stages of the game. But then he finally figured it out in the fourth quarter and the defense was just getting poked left and right. Like Marcus Peters was getting exposed. A guy who talks trash constantly, yet he couldn't hold his own uh, of the deal in that game and just got exposed by Trevor Lawrence, who hasn't done squat the entire season. So that's my brief rant on the Ravens, Mike. But trying to put on my objective goggles, right? This is a prime spot for a teaser on Baltimore. Because as frustrating as Baltimore is, the Broncos have been the most infuriating team in the NFL for quite some time. So I am teasing down Baltimore. And I have them in two separate teasers. And obviously I'll explain the other teams I have later. But there are some big discrepancies when you look at DVOA. The Ravens second in overall DVOA. The Broncos are 26. The Ravens are ninth defensively. The Broncos are 29th offensively. Special teams, the Ravens are actually first, and the Broncos are dead last. The Broncos do have the best red zone defense, but conversely, the worst red zone offense. And the Ravens are pretty solid offensively in the red zone. They rank 10th and then 13th defensively. And I could throw out all these numbers, and does it really matter? No. What matters is Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson are on the other side of the ball. And you got Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson, who, again, have been very, very frustrating. But, I mean, you got to think they can pull this game out by at least three or more, Mike. So I did tease down Baltimore to minus two and a half in a couple different teasers. The Ravens are in my teaser, too. I'm still debating laying eight points here. We just saw the Broncos lose by two touchdowns at Carolina. It, uh, my question is, who is more hated by their teammates? Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray? I think it's an interesting question right now. Um, they really, they, they're just for different reasons, too. It's not like Russell Wilson gets in their faces and reads them the riot act when he's not playing well. It's just his inanity and, and stupid sayings and diva personality. Murray is a whole different animal. But, uh, look, I don't blame um, Lamar Jackson. They dropped a couple touchdown passes for him in the red zone yeah. that were catchable balls. I really don't think that game had anything to do with him. I, I really do. The defense has to get a stop there in the fourth. They haven't gotten stops in the fourth quarter of these close games. I mean, this, oh, and then I this, forgot the fumble too, right? Yeah, Gus Edwards yeah, did that earlier yeah. this season when they barely beat the Browns, so that was a yeah. you know killed us also. Yeah, I, I just I don't know. It's Harbaugh in the hot seat. How do you lose all these games if another coach, if his name's not it's it's not John Harbaugh, he probably gets fired losing all these games like this. But they're still the better team. The Broncos are like. I think it's been 30 years since a team scored this few of points in a game. I mean, it's they're historically bad offensively that they don't score at all. So I'm definitely teasing the Ravens. I think they'll be on everybody's teasers. But I don't know if eight's not the right play either. Yeah. I I, I, I mean, if someone came up and told me they're laying eight with Baltimore, I'd say that would be the only side I'd join on. There's nothing I would do with Denver in any capacity for the remaining games in this year. So, all right. You and I on Baltimore teaser. That's what I like to hear. I feel like you're going to have a play in this next game. Your <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> They're only yours because you have them on the win total bet. But, hey, we did like Pittsburgh Monday night for the contest. They did come through. Uh, I had them in the teaser, and obviously they won outright. Man, Kenny Pickett, I mean, he's looking fine, right? I, I get it was against the Colts, but Indianapolis still has a respectable defense, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Kenny Pickett is moving the ball downfield, doing things Mitch Trubisky could not do. And despite Najee Harris being non-existent in this offense a guy who was the main focal point last year they are looking okay now atlanta opened up as just about a point favorite and now mike we're seeing the steelers pretty much about a point favorite so it's flipped total at 42 all across the board i think i'll probably end up having a prop in this game which i'll talk about in prop watch also available here on vsense pro football betting podcast feed but as for this game mike I don't have a play i i think he can make a case for either side hence it virtually being a pickup I'm so frustrated this Mariota got the ball on the two-yard line. I did an eight-team teaser for 50 bucks last week, and my only loser oh, no. was the Washington game over. Right? Uh, I, te I, teased I jumped in on that with you, too. It should 30, have gone over. Way over. 34 and a <laughs> half I had it teased down to, Danny. And all they have to do, he has the ball first and goal at the two with the two-minute warning. You mean mm -hmm. this team really can't run the ball in? I mean, the team runs the ball. That's what they do. And he gets a, a wide-open and the pass is tipped and they get intercepted. And they still could have got the ball back because they had their timeouts. Uh, very frustrating. The Steelers are interesting. They're competitive in these games. Um, 
I think the Falcons might be challenged to move the ball against the Steelers a little bit here, although they get back home. Uh, another game where don't ask me to pick a winner. I could see this going either way, just like the Jets Vikings. I really don't want any part of it. I continue to just pull for the Steelers money line bets as my my hopes <laughs> of over eight and a half. They're still technically alive. They're right. still technically, and this is a winnable game. I mean, I could get to a point maybe down the line where I can lay this bet off in the last two weeks because uh, I got it at two hundred sure. plus two dollars, right? So they could keep plugging away here. This team's not that far away. Kenny Pickett's respectable. And as you said, the Colts' defense has been solid all year. They had control of that game. They let the, the Colts back into it there in the second half. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll pass on this one, Danny. All right, how about Philly and Tennessee? Speaking of props, I got a couple in this game. But I also mm. think this one presents an opportunity to look at the underdog based on how they run their offense. And, again, that ties into the prop I'm playing. But the recipe for keeping it close with Philadelphia is out pretty much, Mike. And it's happened since that Cowboys game. To where you just got to run the ball because this run defense is not great. They're allowing about 4.7 yards per carry. If you can control the time of possession enough to keep it out of the explosive offense of Jalen Hurts, again, you can keep it in attainable reach. And, you know, the Packers had their chances for sure. That probably should have ended up a little bit closer. But we have seen this market move in favor of Tennessee. Philly opened as a seven-point favorite. Now it's down to four and a half. Some spots have five. Total open 45 in the hook. Now it's down to 44 in the hook. So, again, you're assuming Tennessee will instill a lot of offense through Derrick Henry as they do so often. Try to control that clock. It'll wind it down, maybe being a lower-scoring game. And as for the Tennessee defense, you and I have talked about this a couple times. They've been a pleasant surprise. I mean, last year they were terrible. This year they've been sneaky under the radar, very good, and they're number one against the run in terms of yards per carry and in DVOA run defense. Yeah, Philly's is probably going to have to pass the ball more in this spot. Tennessee's pass defense is average. So I guess long story short, I, I understand the sentiment going toward Tennessee, Mike. Knowing how much it's moved, I don't think I'm going to jump in on it now. I'll probably wait for an in-game angle. I also wouldn't hate if people told me they teased them up to over 10 from 4.5 to 10.5. I think that could be a viable spot as well. Not interested. Not interested in teasing the Titans up. I think this is a tough spot for the Titans here because – they're not going to face a traditional run defense. Um, that's true. And then if they have to go to zone because they can't cover, that's where Hurts beats you with his legs. Um, five, you know, I don't play fives or fives and a half. So I just don't play those two numbers. But I actually lean the Eagles in this spot. Mm. It, would it have to come down to a certain spot for you to play Philly? Like if it got to like four, would you play him? Or if it got to six, I would tease him. Um, okay. Or if it got to four, I might play him at four. I actually kind of lean over here also, Danny, because I think Tannehill can make some plays because, you know, when you get second and two and second and three because Henry gets you good yardage on first down, that opens it up for Tannehill here. Tannehill's played pretty well. I mean, he, he won the game in Green Bay. It wasn't really Henry. Uh, and, you know, I was a little worried with my Cincinnati was my best bet of the week last week. And in Tennessee, a lot of people were on Tennessee plus a point and a half. It got to two and a half in the contest. It was bet heavily on both sides at at uh, at one and a half and they got them down 10 to three you know I thought maybe you know we're in tough spot but then they were able to get enough spot stops the Bengals there to get control of that game and then they got the roughing the kicker to run out the clock there or they would have had a fade of final drive so I, I lean Eagles here but at that number five five and a half four and a half is unplayable to me Okay, let's move it to the Motor City. The Lions taking on the Jags. Open pick, total open 51 in the hook. And Well, some spots actually did have Detroit as about a one-point favorite, but now you're seeing a one-point favorite in favor of the road team, Jacksonville now across the board. Uh, total hasn't moved too much. Some spots have 51. Mike, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if I regret this, but I am getting involved in this game, and I am going to back the Detroit Lions here. <laughs> it's and it's not just because of what happened last week and I'm upset that they killed our Ravens bet but I feel like it's maybe a slight overreaction to what Jacksonville did last week look the Lions have won their last three games they're averaging 25 and a half points per game throughout that span they're getting 5.8 yards per play which is fifth best and they have the second best red zone offense in the National Football League now I get it defensively they're a nightmare they're allowing 6.3 yards per play which is the most and in the red zone defensively, they've gotten a little bit better, but they're still vulnerable. 
and against the run not too solid etn's questionable though they are allowing a lot of yards per completion 11.6 but jacksonville these last three games defensively have not been good they're allowing 6.5 yards per play the last three and 13.2 yards per completion which is second worst throughout the span of the last three games I don't know, man. I mean, like, you could say Doug Peterson's the better coach, Mike. Uh, Dan Campbell has had his issues. But Detroit somehow has some kind of life in the NFC, and I'm still just not there on Trevor Lawrence. He has made mistakes, and somehow the Ravens let him back in the game. I know I'm going to sweat this one out and probably hate my life for doing so, but I think Detroit's the right side here. I took him on the money line, minus 105. I have the same play. I have it at 103. Minus 103. I don't know why the Jags are favored here. Look, the Lions had that game in their hands to win against Buffalo on Thanksgiving. The, the last drive was very strange. He, he had It was like Saturday, not as bad, with no sense of urgency. But then you get third and one. Why don't you try to convert there? I don't get the terrible percentage play there. You get the fresh set of downs, I think you're the favorite to win that game. It, it, it didn't make any sense. I'm with you. They won three in a row and could have beaten – what some think is the best team in the AFC in their last game. They're playing with some momentum. I think they're going to put up points against the Jags. I think they get to 27 or 28. I think the Lions should be a two-point favorite in this game, Danny. I'm with you. All right, we will be sweating out Jared Goff and company. Looking forward to it, baby. But, uh, yeah, I do like Detroit. Mike and I will be on the money line thinking they're the better team and should be the favorite. I was shocked by that line movement as well. All right, Mike, let's take it to new york well technically new jersey but the giants taking on the commanders we got an nfc east showdown washington open as a one point favorite now we're seeing them as a two and a half point favorite totals ticked down from 42 to 40 and the hook this is a game i'm also involved in and i talked about teasing down baltimore in one of my teasers the other leg is teasing up the giants from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half look despite taylor heineke being a clear upgrade the offense has still been pretty lack lackadaisical in terms of moving the ball frequently. I, I mean, they're 4.9 yards per play. Uh, they rank 26 in DVOA offense. They've just been very slow, and they capitalize on big plays here and there, but they're not a sustainable offense necessarily. And their defense has kept them in the games. They rank 11th in DVOA. Last five games are allowing just 16 points per game. They got a great special teams unit ranking second, but it's a division game. The Giants should be able to keep this thing within a touchdown. I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Commanders win. I would probably lean toward that way. But I think the Giants, like we've seen various times, will have an opportunity toward the end to win the game. Or maybe they'll let it slip and fall and blow it like we've seen them be close to doing several times. Uh, the Commanders have just an average winning margin of 6.3 points. And it would be lower than that if they didn't have that garbage touchdown against the Eagles the other week. So I feel pretty comfortable teasing up the Giants and we also have to remember, this is a unique scheduling spot because Washington plays New York here, has a bye week, and then plays the Giants again. So you're probably envisioning some kind of split. And regardless, I think it's going to be close and bold. So I like teasing up the G-men. I lean commanders here, Danny. And and I just think the Giants secondary has a lot of issues, uh, both with injuries. I, I don't know. I think you're, you got a spot here where Heineke can take advantage of the secondary. I mean, the Giants, to me, the game, the most watched game in the history of the NFL regular season was the Cowboys and Giants. It's one of the worst games I've seen in five years. It was a horrific football game. Penalty, penalty, stupid coaching, yeah. um, so many injuries. Every other play, there was an injury in the second half. Ugly, 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 really ugly football. Um, I can't I can't get to their, get their back in the Giants. I think... I think the Commanders, I, if they, if you told me the Commanders won this game 23-13, it wouldn't shock me. Um, so I can't, I'm not going to get to the point where I'm going to tease the Giants in this spot. I lean Commanders here. Don't know if I'll pull the trigger. Um, but I think they keep it rolling. I think this team gets into the playoffs. It's it's really remarkable how yeah. it's turned around. Yeah. And, and I guess, like, again, I, I was advocating for Heineke to get in. He's in no way could have been worse than Carson Wentz. But it's just like some of these games they've won have been in a very, very ugly 
concerning fashion, but I guess when you have a team like the Commanders, you'll take what you can get. I just kind of foresee it being the same way, where it's just a grinded out till the very end type of win. Familiarity, right? Giants still fighting for their lives too. They can't get caught on a bad streak. So that's why I opted in the tease, but I, I do kind of agree that Washington may pull this thing out in the end. Should be a fun one though. We'll see. Maybe not fun. It could be 10 to 3 for all we know. <laughs> uh, Bears and Packers next, Mike. Uh, we don't know what the hell to expect in this game because Justin Fields was limited in practice again, and Mike and I are recording this on Thursday afternoon, so if anything else changes, that's why we may not know of it. Getze said, uh, offensive coordinator Luke Getze said that Fields was pretty much in the same boat as last week, and of course last week he did not play. Trevor Simeon didn't practice today either, so monitor that status because it could be Nathan Peterman o'clock, which nobody wants to see, but it could happen. Uh, Rodgers has been limited in practice. He got his ribs banged up. He already has a fracture in his thumb. Although after the game, or on Monday, he said he expects to play in the spot. Mike, do you think he'll play out of spite because of how Jordan Love looked on that pass and he doesn't want the narrative to change more so than he's actually healthy enough? I know Matt Eumann's brought up that point. Uh, Green Bay opened two in the hook, and with the assumption, I guess, that either Rodgers is playing or Fields isn't, we've seen this go up to four and a half. Total's at 43 right now. I don't know who, and if he plays, how long is he going to play Rogers? How can you ever back the bears if fields isn't in there? I, I don't know. I just, there's too much uncertainty in these games. Obviously everyone rushed to the window and rushed to their phones to bet the jets when it was announced that Peterman, I still don't understand what happened there. I mean, Equiminia St. Brown said on Tuesday, you know, they had the phone out in the locker room before the game and they saw the tweet and they're like, what the hell is going on? They went to semi and he said, I'm playing. I mean, where where did this ever come from? Because he he, he tweaks something in in the warm up. Yeah, it was his you, oblique. I think they you, were saying. But you put it out. Peterman starting. That was never happening. I mean, that's how bad Peterman's reputation is. I mean, all, only you can think of five interceptions uh, for the Bills against the the Chargers that day. So I just don't know. I mean, if I knew Rodgers was playing the whole game, why wouldn't you lay the four here? But uh, I don't, and I don't care. <laughs> I think honestly, Mike, it's more. I, I'll say, I like, field status to me is more important than if Rodgers plays because the Bears' defense is so, so bad that it doesn't matter if it's Rodgers or Jordan Love, and Love actually looked very solid in that minimal amount of time we saw him on Sunday Night Football that I think they could win this game by, like, 10 points regardless of who the quarterback is if Justin Fields is out of the mix. So if it's under a touchdown... You know, the Bears fan in me would kill me for it, but hey, Green Bay's <laughs> got to be the right side, you would imagine, in that game. Or you could even look to tease them down and add them if they're like six, six and a half, seven point favorites if it gets to that point. But we'll have to wait and see the news. Uh, there's always more incentive for Justin Fields to play when it's going against your rivals. So who knows? But we'll have to wait to the last second, I'm sure, based on how it was conducted last week. All right, Mike, Seahawks and Rams next. We briefly touched on this game because of Survivor. Uh, the Rams are banged up all over the place, pretty much as much as the Bears are. Stafford's doubtful. Aaron Donald's missing his first game of his career. Allen Robinson is out for the year. Cooper Cup is still out, and that's just to name some of the, the bigger stars on the team. Seattle originally opened up as a three-point favorite. Now it is at seven. Total open 42 in the hook. Now it's down to 40 in the hook. I imagine this is going to be a very popular teaser leg with the Seahawks down to minus one. However, I did not do it. Maybe I will by Sunday. That would be the only way I would play it. I agree with you. It's teased the Seahawks or nothing here. Um, the Rams are a shell of, of, of themselves, a shell of the Super Bowl team. Um, I'm not sure that they can get to get to 17 in this game, uh, even though they're playing at home. You know, they were dominated by the Cardinals and then dominated by by Kansas City, but uh, seven and a half on the road in a division game is not something I want to step into either. So it's going to be a pass for me. What should be a more entertaining game, though, how about San Francisco mm. and Miami? Uh, the Dolphins opened up as a five-point underdog, but they've moved the market a little bit. Now it's at four across the board. Totals ticked up from 45 in the hook to 46 in the hook. I think, Mike, that San Francisco is the right side, but I, I'm just not too tempted to lay the four. Because San Francisco's defense really gives them the advantage. Offensively, Miami does get a slight nod, but San Francisco can move the ball. If Jimmy Garoppolo isn't getting too pressured and they got a good scheme going with Shanahan, which they should be able to against this really bad Miami defense, 
then they can keep it close. They can win this game. And I, again, I think they do. Miami's allowing 5.5 yards per play. The 49ers are allowing the fewest yards per play at 4.7. So again, it's kind of opposite ends of the spectrum here, except San Francisco still has a good offense. Miami's got a great offense. San Francisco has a great defense. Miami has a poor defense. So again, I think that's what gives them the nod at the end of the day. Uh, Miami's red zone defense is 29th. They're allowing opponents to get a touchdown in the red zone 68% of the time. The 49ers doing that just 56% of the time. So I think I will wait for an in-game number on San Francisco, Mike. But this is going to be a hell of a coaching battle, right? Mike McDaniel and Kyle Shanahan. If the Dolphins win this game, Mike McDaniel's got to be pretty neck and neck with uh, Sirianni in conversation for coach of the year, you'd imagine. Yeah, I still think if Sirianni wins 15 or 16 games, he's going to win it. He'll get the uh, he yeah. gets it no, ma no matter who improved what team um, a lot. Uh, I mean, Salah, I put his name in a hat with the Jets. I mean, he changed his defense. He made the decision to go. If this pans out with Mike White and they win 10 or 11 games, throw his name in there too. I, I don't know. I'm not so sure here. And one of the angles I like is grass team going to grass field, which is this is the Dolphins going to the grass field at Levi. Will there be rain? I don't know. Now, one of the reasons I'm not going to get too heavily involved pre-flop is because I'm going to be at Universal Studios with my family on Sunday. So I'll, I'll have no access to bet or get off positions or create middles in game. So I'll take fewer in pre-flop pre positions. This is an interesting game, though. I would look at the Dolphins on the money line here. I, I think this is a great test of their offense and Kintua, you know, every week they see, he seems to just be hitting guys running wide open. They, they do that quick hitting running game in between the tackles and it's very effective. Can they do any of this against San Francisco whose defense has been great, but what against Denver against the saints? Uh, I know they did, they did play the chargers and, and they played well against Herbert. The chargers didn't get enough done, especially in the second half. I don't think they scored that game, right? The chargers. So, um, it's an interesting test. These teams are sort of both darlings in the market right now. The, the Dolphins in the AFC and the and the Giants, the top, or the 49ers, still in many people's books, the top power-rated team in the NFC. So another game for that I'll come back on Sun, on Monday morning and probably watch the whole replay of the game. But I'm definitely not laying four with the 49ers. Right, yeah. So that's why I'm going to wait for San Francisco. But I kind of like your approach, if you like Miami, to maybe just take the money line, get some good value. And I don't know, I could see this if it, you know, whoever wins, it's probably going to be by four or more points. So I, I kind of like that approach. But it's going to be a chess type of mentality with two of the uh, younger and smarter coaches in the league. So that'll be a fun one to watch. I'm sure you'll have fun at Universal Studios, though, Mike. That'll be a good time, my man. What uh, What's the over-under for the uh, the amount of rides that you're going to be going on? What's that number? Well, those, those, those lines are ridiculous, but we're going to get there early because my son wants to go to Jurassic Park. I don't think the crowds will be like they were in the summer. We bought this package where we could go anytime in the winter months. Ah. There's only a few blackout dates, so it was like $70 a person, so we can go a couple times, so... Uh, we're leaving early Saturday morning, then we're going to drive back late Sunday night because the kids still have school uh, on Monday. But I know I'm going to wait. Hopefully it's not. It was three and a half hours last time we didn't go on it. So we get there early. I think it'll be less than an hour and a half for Jurassic Park. Very nice. Very nice. Well, hey, everybody, make sure to give Mike updates on Twitter at Mike Palm Circuit. <laughs> He's got to know it's in-game bet, baby. <laughs> All right, Mike. Um, this game is funny to me because I just feel like it's going to result in a Raiders win, but there's no way in hell I want to bet it. <laughs> Los Angeles Open, the Chargers being, is a three-point favorite. Now it's flipped to the Raiders as a one-point favorite. Total open 48, up to 50 in the hook. I think the only thing I would do would play the total going over. I know a lot of people originally teased up the Raiders, but but again, now it's flipped, so you can't do that. It's funny, when I was talking to Matt Humans, him and I kind of complained so much about the Raiders, and he said he had third-degree burns from the games he's lost backing them, yet he likes them in this spot. Are you in the same camp as trusting the Raiders? Is this one you don't want to touch with a 10-foot pole? Where do you sit for this matchup? Well, remember they played at SoFi in the opening game of the year, and Humans and I were both on the over in that game, and it didn't get there. It, it was an under, which the Chargers have been an under team, really, uh, for most of the year, because their totals are all 51, 52, 53 here, 51, 50 and a half. I, I don't know. I guess, to me, the Raiders, it's hard to trust them, because, look, they get 
fourth and one and they run a freaking toss. They toss the ball seven yards back and lose. <laughs> why would you do why wouldn't you run between the tackles with Jacobs? Or just like cars stick the ball over the line. It's insane. It no it's insane. I do, why do what coaches they, still do that? What, it's <laughs> insane to toss that ball and think you're going to go wide on fourth and one from your own territory. I mean, that really changed the game. I thought the Raiders were in there. And then Seattle, and they scored right away after that. And I said, oh, they're done. But somehow they keep winning. They're still hanging around here. You know, you know how I feel about the Chargers. So how can I play this game? I mean, I can't play it over. I got burned on the over last time. I would think the Chargers are going to put some points up here, but the Raiders have some momentum. Who knows? This is a this is another. There's like six games here. I wouldn't want to pick the winner, and this is one of them. Mike, so you and I did the game to go to overtime bet for bets, giving to try to win it. This feels like this could be an overtime game, right? Derek Carr, I went with the Raiders. Their last two games were in overtime. They're sloppy enough to who's ever in the lead to let the other team come back. And I just feel like I, I could see this going OT. If it's 10 to 1 or better, may just throw like a quarter unit out of it. You know, something for fun. Yeah. How much variance is there in that bet? Isn't that bet pretty standard? I mean, but based on the point yeah, spread. So. This is like the same. Two, two and a half like the Steelers. So it shouldn't be too much off 12 to 1. It's just based on the point spread. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, you're right. Who's ever in the lead will let the other team back in. <laughs> Yeah, this could maybe be a good in-game betting situation. My my God, that's going to be a clown show, but I'm looking forward to it. And we're all looking forward to the Bengals and the Chiefs, Mike. Uh, this is kind of, I mean, this is a fun game, of course, and you get a sample size from last year. What does the narrative entail here? Because the Chiefs lost twice to the Bengals last season. It was once in the regular season, 34-31. Uh, to 31. Since he came back, they were down 28-17. to 17. And they came back and won 34 to 31. Then in the playoffs, Kansas City had the 21 to 10 lead at the half. Since he comes back and wins 27 to 24 in overtime. When I first looked at the spot, Mike, I was considering a first half over, but the numbers have moved to like 26 in the hook. So I didn't end up playing it. At worst, I would play 26. In an ideal world, I would get 25 and a half. But I like that angle because. KCU is averaging 14.6 first half points per game since he's at 14.3. Defensively, the Chiefs allowing 12 first half points per game since he's allowing 13. KC is the best second half offensive team, but Cincinnati's one of the better second half defenses. And again, it came down to the number. I didn't like it. Uh, Cincinnati, a red zone stat here. They're scoring a touchdown in the red zone over 71% of the time. That's second best. Casey's doing it 65% of the time, which is six. I, again, I wanted that first half angle, but Mike, what I ended up doing is teasing up the Cincinnati Bengals from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half. So the teasers that I had, like I said, I did Baltimore and the Giants, and then the other one is Baltimore and the Bengals. Again, this one opened three. It's ticked down to two in the hook. Total open 51, up to 53. I'm teasing up Cincy, hoping that if they do lose, it's at least by a touchdown or fewer. I don't hate that angle. I think this is a great game. I think the Bengals have a good chance to win this game. Um, I don't love the Chiefs on turf. I think they struggle a little bit when they go on turf. So far, it's a little different because it's indoors and there's no element. But here in Cincinnati, it'll be cooler, and it's an old turf. Um, yeah, this was a crazy game in the regular season. Remember all the shots from inside the five at the end of the game with the, the, the penalties and all that. And then in the playoffs, the Chiefs were really in control, and they bungled the end of the first half where they could have had a much bigger cushion in that game, and Cincinnati just kept plugging away. I think it's a terrific game right now. I want no part of it. I'd lean over. I think it'll, this is another one of these 31-27 type games, 34-31, 35-32, those type of games that it will just be, you know, maybe the team that has the ball last is going to win the game. Uh, and we also have to remember that Jamar Chase is going to be in this game. So that's a huge addition to Cincy's oh, yeah. offense. They're doing a lot of this woofing on the Twitter and all that. And lockdown who, lockdown this with the, the DBs and the, uh, the Chiefs. So that makes it interesting too. <laughs> uh, really quick note, by the way, because we talked about it earlier. I'm just seeing an update on my phone. Apparently Justin Fields was a full participant in practice today. So keep that in mind if you're looking to get involved with Chicago and Green Bay. Not that my I necessarily are. I want to ask you a question, Danny Burke, because you're a Fields lover now. <laughs> In five years from now, five years mm -hmm. from now, who will be the better NFL quarterback, Justin Fields or C.J. Stroud? 
<laughs> um, if you asked me at the beginning of the year after that Washington game, I think you could absolutely have the argument for C.J. Stroud. But from that point on, both from what we've seen from Fields and what we've seen from C.J. Stroud, I got to say Justin Fields. Because Justin Fields is willing to be mobile outside of the pocket. Not that that's something I want my quarterback to have to rely on, but you've seen him drastically improve throughout the season. And this, again, is a new coaching staff. So if he can get weapons, have another offseason with Getze and this staff, work on his throws a little bit and get some protection, the, you know, the it's endless possibilities for Justin Fields. The sky is the limit for the kid based on his athletic ability and his frame. C.J. Stroud... He really didn't, I mean, as much as he's in the Heisman race, and I was backing it for a while. I don't know why I just was on the train, and I liked Ohio State against Michigan from an in-game angle, but C.J. Stroud had really struggled in, in so many games, and he has an inability to utilize his feet. Like, there were a lot of opportunities in that game against Michigan where he could have ran and picked up a first down. A lot of times he's waiting when he has the safe check down because he always wants to go with the deep threat. And by the time he throws it to the check down, the linebacker's coming up and making a play. So I still question CJ Stroud's decision-making. And again, this is college, not saying he can't improve in the NFL, but I got to put stock in my guy, Justin Fields, Mike. Stroud refuses to run, Danny. I don't get That's it. What I'm, yeah. Why won't he run? I'm not, I, he is right now a more accurate passer than Fields. But in today's NFL, I don't think you can be a quarterback that refuses to run. I mean, who are the most successful quarterbacks? Allen, Mahomes, Herbert will run the ball when he has an opportunity. Joe Burrow will run the ball, Joe too. Joe Burrow, Lamar Jacks. I mean, I, I just don't think you can refuse. And they called not one play for him to run the ball against Michigan. There wasn't one design quarterback run. I don't get it. Anyhow, I, I, I agree with your answer. I think, And I think most people will say Stroud because he might be the top pick. And I have a Heisman ticket on him, too. I was just trying to fade Bryce Young at the beginning of the year because I thought Alabama wouldn't be in any close games and Stroud would right. get to put up better numbers. Well, neither of them are going to win it now, right? And, and it's, it's, it's Caleb Williams or it's the kid at TCU. So anyhow, I just thought it's an interesting question. It is, for sure. And you're right. I think that narrative was all over C.J. Stroud at the beginning points of the season. But I also think, and maybe they are, but I haven't seen as many people talk about it about his inability to run or him refusing to run. I'm glad you brought up because that's why I was like, I'm watching that game and you see everybody so far down and it's like third and four. It's like, just run for the first down. You don't have to make it all up in one play. I think that's kind of the issue with him or maybe how the offense is ran at Ohio State that you have to get the big play if we're down. Oh, we got to get it back in one play. Nah, just work your way methodically and get it. But again, that's a different rant. But yeah, you and I are on the same page there. All right, Mike, we got one more game to go. Sunday night football. We've got Dallas taking on Indy. Man, Jeff Saturday, he said uh, he's got, that last game is going to sting for a while. And the game against Philly should, too. At least he's got this team somewhat more competitive. But holy cow, Matt Ryan was awful in that first half. Like, I could have done the same things Matt Ryan did in that first half. Uh, Dallas, Mike, we do see as, as high as an 11-point favorite, but 10.5 seems to be the consensus. The opener was nine and a half, so immediate love on the side of Dak Prescott. Total open 45 in the hook. That is dipped down to 44 in the hook. Do we really have to suffer through another primetime game with Matt Ryan? I mean, come on, this is kind of annoying, but I don't know. The only thing I think I would do, Mike, if somehow this number came down to nine and a half, not that it's going to, I would tease Dallas. That's the only thing I would maybe look forward to doing until I look deeper into some props potentially. I used them in a teaser. So I'll give you my teasers now. It's both, it's two with the Ravens as well, but different. Mm. Okay, I have uh, Ravens <clears throat> with Dallas. Okay. So I'm going to tease, I'm going to um, tease Dallas down to uh, four and the Ravens down to one and a half. And then. I'm going to tease the Ravens down and tease. Now, we're not going to really talk about this. I'm going to tease the Saints up on Monday night. It's my yeah. other teaser. I'm going to tease them up to 10 because I think this is going to be a much closer game than people think. Brady always struggles against the Saints. They just got embarrassed in the fact that they didn't score uh, in San Francisco. And I think this could be a, a, a very close game. Okay, so Saints to 10.5, Ravens down to minus 1.5, and, and Ravens to minus 1.5, and, and Dallas to minus 4. 
I like it. And again, you know, we talk about teasers. Sometimes they're not the conventional ones. But, hey, Mike's been hitting those unconventional teasers. And realistically, if Dallas ain't beating this Colts team by a touchdown, what are we doing? Well, I think that they can put pressure on Ryan, who's very immobile, right? For sure. And that's where he's going to struggle with people that can get pressure on him. And that's what Dallas – the strength of their defense, obviously, is when they can get pressure on the quarterback because they don't really cover that well. If, if he has time to throw, they can get beat, as you, if you've seen – in different games. But if you can get to the quarterback here, either Ryan's going to get beat up or he's going to turn the ball over. I think this this game screams out that it's it's the, the Cowboys should be in control early. All right, let's get to it. Our official plays. We just heard Mike's teasers. Uh, last week, just to recap, Mike, you went 2-1. and one. You had the Bengals secure the dub for you. You had the teaser with the Dolphins and the 49ers, and you lost on the over for the Falcons and Commanders at 42. You should have won that game. I was watching it. I saw what was happening in the first half, and I'm like, Mike's got the right idea here. I jumped in. I'm like over 39 and a half, I think, and it should have got there. They had their opportunities. No teams could capitalize. But nevertheless, 2-1, and one, you moved to 22-13. and 13 on the year so you've been crushing it uh you have those two teasers what other plays did you have that we discussed then just alliance minus 103 on the money line there you have it all righty as for myself last week i went one and three uh you know a terrible beat with the ravens minus three and a half that'll make you you know contemplate betting this sport uh devin singletary anytime touchdown plus 125 bummer that that didn't come through i thought he had a good opportunity with the matchup uh, Najee harris got injured didn't go over his reception so i lost on that one one on the teaser with the bills minus two and a half and the steelers up to plus nine and a half so one and three overall record 46 and 49 looking to make it back with a six point teaser on the ravens down to two and a half giants up to plus eight and a half other teaser ravens minus two and a half Bengals plus eight and a half and then just like Mike I too am on the Lions on the money line I got minus 105 against the Jacksonville Jaguars now I will have some additional plays in terms of the props that I'm betting so make sure you tune in to prop watch here on VEASAN's pro football betting podcast feed but otherwise that's what Mike and I are rocking with and remember you can follow Mike on Twitter at Mike Palm Circa as for myself at Danny Burke 5 Mike any final thoughts or are you good to send it off my man no, I mean it's just a it's just a big day with the Mitchies right now. You know, I got I got my hat handed to me with Char Chien in the finals of the best guests. So that's two consecutive defeats. After rolling through four wins over the last three years, Stormy in that unholy campaign between the VGK and Disney, <laughs> they they reversed the tides later in the day. And now no hyperbole up trying to repeat his best segment. But really a loaded field here. You've got humans fast food rankings. And his coattails, because, you know, simultaneously, most trusted advisor category today, you were in one of the regionals there. Um, you, humans is, uh, last I checked, ahead of Gill. Uh, and then oh, Mitch man. and Paul, you know, splitting their vote. They were in a tough spot there. Better one of them not make the finals. But anyhow, humans, fast food, and then Paulie's dog videos, the win, win, win and lose or whatever that's called there. And then, and then Gill's Iowa fruit basket with the memories of Danielle Alvari. I'm sure getting some some sentimental votes, but hopefully no hyperbole can hang on and we can get one for the thumb here. All right, I'm putting in the vote for no hyperbole right oh, now. You are you. the lead. So you got 40%, win some, lose some at 26%, fast food rankings at 27%. I owe you a fruit basket at 6%. By the way, these are called the Mitchies of 2022, uh, the parody account of Mitch Moss. They do the awards every year. So, uh, yeah, go vote for our guy, Mike Palm, for no hyperbole. Right now he is in the lead, so hopefully you can capture that, my man. But, all right, best of luck to you, Mike. Best of luck to all your plays. Um, that's a wrap. Unless, again, you got any any final thoughts or are you all good? No, no. Have a good weekend. I'll be in uh, I'll be in uh, California this week. Now, next week, Danny, I'll be in uh, Washington, D.C. So we got to figure out when we're going to take ah, this. Okay. <laughs> Mike's going all over the place, folks. Yep. Yeah, we'll have to adjust. We'll discuss, hopefully, after a winning week. But take care mm -hmm. to Mike. Take care to all you out there. Make sure you check out the feed for the other episodes. But enjoy NFL Week 13, and we'll talk to you soon.